For seven weeks now, we've been looking at the first and second book of Timothy, and we've gone with the assumption, you might remember, that this is an older Apostle Paul writing to a younger Timothy, right, to encourage him in the ministry that God has entrusted to him, to teach him some things along the way. Now, in our reading today, you kind of get the impression that this is a much older Paul reflecting on some of his experience as an apostle. And the conclusion, part of the conclusion he comes up with from that experience is, there have been some really rough things happen to me as an apostle, right? And if you know anything about Paul, he's been chained before, he's been jailed, he's been beat, he's been People have tried to kill him. He's been left for dead. It's not just this old-timer, well, you know, back in my day kind of thing, right? Had to walk to school through the snow, uphill, both ways, right? This is something a little bit more serious than that. This is someone reflecting on his experience in in a very real way. And he makes that conclusion that some things have been rough. Have you ever had a rough experience like that, maybe? I think most of us have somewhere along the way. But another part of his conclusion that he gives to Timothy and to us is that he knew that he walked not alone, but with his God. That he knew that his God not only walked through him through those difficult moments, but that his God actually got him through those moments. Have you ever had an experience like that? And isn't that really the part, strong part of our belief in in the incarnation? Something we we celebrate and something we remember. Because if you don't remember anything else that comes out of my big mouth this morning, I hope you will remember that, that our God walks with us. That in the incarnation of Christ Jesus, we see a God willing to walk with us, willing to live in our suffering Willing to say, I know what it feels like to have a life like yours. I know because I was willing to do it. Now, friends, in most sermons, that's sort of a climax part of it, where the preacher will build up and he'll get to or she'll get to remind you of that great fact that you do not walk alone, but that God walks with you. And if that preacher's done a good job after you hear that, maybe some of you will say, And most times that'll be good. But I don't want to end there. I'm going to start there today. Because, as you remember, for the last seven weeks, we've been answering a question. You remember the story. Seven weeks ago, I told you, I was introduced to someone as the pastor of Oak Haven United Methodist Church. And the eyes of that person sort of lit up and person began to tell me about their experience at that church, that when they were younger, they used to be a part of that church. It was a great church to, to be brought up in. And this person's grandparents were a part of this church, and they did this and this and da 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 And after a few moments, I had to excuse myself to go do what I was there to be a part of. And before I left, that person asked me, I think with all ounce of sincerity, is that church Now, I gave you that question so you can help me answer it. But before we really just gave out an answer, we took some time to think about what it means for a church to be growing. 
And so hopefully, all these weeks, six weeks before today, you have seen how those things tie into us answering that question. And so we find that a growing church is one that celebrates when it finds the lost coins. And it's also a church that is out looking for the lost coins. You remember that one? We also said that a growing church is one that prays like nobody's business. Anybody's name could show up on that church's prayer list, right? We also said that a growing church knows that it is a mission that serves other people. And that a growing church is one that invests its own life into the life of its young people. And they don't expect that one youth worker to do that work for us, that that is something that the church does. And that a growing church not only celebrates what they know about the love of God, but they share it as well with anybody. And that a growing church not only teaches, not only have these Bibles in their pews, but they learn it. They want more of it. They realize that it is a source of new life, we said. And today, we talk about how a growing church is a place where you know that no matter what, I'm with you. And that the person next to you is with you. And that if you look behind you, there's somebody else that's with you. And that no matter what, somebody here is with you. Y'all with me? See, too often, I think churches are willing to let someone come into their congregation. We'll let them be a part of our attendance. We'll let them put money in the plate. We'll let them serve on committees. We'll let them sign up for fall festivals, which I hope they all did. We'll let them do all these kinds of things. But we cannot, and we kind of don't want to let them start really sharing what's going on in their life. That's just too messy. This, I don't know if this is really the place for that. You see, I've, I've been part of several churches, and in all those churches there have been marriages that were failing. There had been people who were battling addictions. There were people who were struggling like nobody else could imagine. But in any of those churches, I have never been there in any one of the service where somebody raises their hands and says, Pastor, I need prayer for my marriage. Pastor, I'm really struggling right now. I need all y'all to pray for me to get through this addiction. Pastor, we're just, we don't know what to do. I'm about to do something really stupid. Why not? It's not that they don't want people to know, because they'll tell the pastor or the pastors. But there's that fear. What will people think? What will people say? How are they going to look at me now? How is this going to change? Are they going to let me do some of the things I've been doing now? There is a fear of what other people will think. Brothers and sisters, some of the loneliest people sit in in church pews Sunday after Sunday. And I think it's one of the most troublesome things that we do to each other as the body of Christ. We leave each other alone. 
In a way, you could say we let sin cover a multitude of love because we talk a lot about love. But let's not get too sticky into details, please. That's not kosher. That's not respectable. And so we leave each other alone. You see, Paul was confident that his God walked with him. And Paul was confident that he never walked alone. But what about everybody else? Verse 16 of what we read. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. I've never had my head stuck in a lion's mouth. I'm not really into that. Go to the zoo and they're like, yeah, it's fine, but I'm not going to put my head in a lion's mouth, right? So this is just a hypothesis. If I were to have my head in the lion's mouth, I'm guessing it might be kind of hard to hear you tell me, well, you know, you shouldn't have been playing with lions anyway. You know, if you had just stayed away from them, you knew better than that. Ah, here you go again. It seems to me that, you know, all that talking really doesn't help me right now. And that what might help me is for you to help me get these teeth off my head and help me get my head out this lion's mouth. Then you can tell me whatever you want. Please. But don't leave me there alone. Do not Desert me when I so desperately need you to help me then. And unfortunately, I think that's what we do. For a lot of reasons. Maybe it's like the Pharisee who stood by himself and was so proud of himself for being so righteous. Maybe that's part of our problem. Maybe we feel like we don't know what to do. Or we wouldn't know what to say. And maybe it's just because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to give that much energy to that. I don't know what it's going to take. That's more than I can handle now. That would be just too hard to get involved. Whatever the reasons we may or may not have, I want you to think about though if we'd be able to and if we'd be willing to do that for someone. Think when the lion is gone how much we'd have to celebrate. Said the, the tax collector who knew of his and cried out to God, went home. Imagine what that family could have celebrated together. Imagine how we could have grown our faith together, how we could have witnessed to God's power together when we were w- willing to do what needs to be done for everyone. See, brothers and sisters, the good news is that our God walks with us, undoubtedly, no matter what. Our God has taken the initiative to let us know this great love of God, that we are not alone, we have never been alone, and we will never be alone, because our God walks with us. And friends, the other part of that is that if you are in a church 
that even remotely thinks it is fulfilling any part of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then not only do you know that God walks with you, but you also know that we walk with you. Y'all with me? Is that church growing? Well, I'm going to give you my opinion. I hope you'll give me yours too. I like to get all kinds of these. I like to get children's writing. I like to get writing from people who've been here all their lives, people who've been here a few weeks. It all helps us. So I want your opinion. And I'll give you my opinion. When the person asked me that question, I said, yes. I think in some ways we are. In other ways, well, we've got a long way to go. In other ways, we are right there. And we are ready. It's kind of like this plant that we've watched grow over seven weeks. I told you last week when it first started, somebody asked me, what's with that plant? Because it wasn't this, was it? If you remember, it was about three inches shorter, it was a little more in, and it was just there. But in seven weeks, we've taken care of that plant, and we've watched it grow. We've been intentional about making sure that plant had everything it needed to grow. We gave it sunlight, we gave it water, we even talked to it, and we've made sure this plant would grow. Now, what's funny about that is you'll notice there are obvious ways we can tell it has grown, right? And then sometimes if you kind of look around, you can kind of tell even in all that growth, there are still some dead spots, things that didn't grow so well. But even past that, there are still little pieces here that you probably can't see from where you are, but trust me, they're here. I know in a few days, or maybe in a few weeks, or maybe when you get a new pastor, or maybe when you get another member, or maybe when you start doing another, that it's growing. Y'all with me? You see, if we, if a church does the things that we've talked about the last several weeks, I guarantee you, it doesn't matter who the pastor is. It doesn't matter what kind of building you have or what kind of music you sing. It will be so obvious as to whether that church is growing. And if you don't believe me, then let's make a deal. Let's commit to these things and find out. Now, if you do believe me, what are we waiting for? Would you pray with me? Oh, loving God, you have taken care of us and you have walked with us all of our life. Give us every ounce of confidence to live in that kind of love, to share that message of your presence with us, and to be confident that we do not walk alone. And teach us, God, how to learn more and more to walk with our other brothers and sisters. 
offering them grace, giving them love, picking them up, and pulling them out of the lion's mouth, recognizing that sometimes we find ourselves in that place as well. And grow us now, God, to do your will and to be your people. In Jesus' name, amen.